This is episode 47 of the Evolve Marriage Podcast. Today, Kate and I are talking to Austin and Keely Reason. So Austin and Keely have been together for almost 25 years. They're high school sweethearts. Uh, they're raising their three boys in Texas. They have an amazing podcast, a Love, Hope, Adventure podcast, as well as a Love, Hope, Adventure blog, which Keely answers a lot of great questions. They're all about helping married couples deepen their intimacy and really communicate about their sexuality in a really powerful way. Hi, this is Kate. I'm a fierce mom and teacher. And this is Eric, her lucky husband and certified relationship coach. And this is the Evolve Marriage Podcast. Where we have fun with growth and connection. Thanks for being here. Here we go. Hey everyone, Eric here. So I just want to let you know that my next cohort is launching uh, on the week of February 28th. I'm taking men through a nine-week program. There's going to be a community of men going through this with me where there's going to be accountability, live coaching calls to really help men focus on leading when it comes to their intimate connection with their wives. So the focus is going to be around emotional, physical, and sexual intimacy. There's going to be challenges. We're going to get the men to take some action steps. So things can really look different at the end of that nine weeks. So no matter where you're at, if you are interested, I'll add it in the show notes here, or you can send me a direct message on Instagram if you'd like to get more information. All right. I hope you enjoy the episode. So we're so excited to have you, Keely and Austin. Welcome to the Evolve Marriage Podcast. Hey. It's great to be here. Yeah, we're happy to be here. We're so excited to talk to you guys today. Uh, we've been listening to you guys for a while and we love your message. And I guess one of the things that we really want to ask first is what is a skill or maybe some insight that you've learned recently that has impacted your own marriage in a really powerful way? We are always um, refining communication in our marriage. And I would say that it's like this lifelong thing that you have to do. You might think you've got it figured out. And we've been married for 18 yeah. years now, but we actually started dating when we were 16. So we've been in a relationship. Uh, please do the math. Is it 25 years? <laughs> I think uh, I think January was... I'm terrible with numbers. 25. <laughs> so when we were dating, we had a very, very heavy emphasis on communication because we didn't have sex before we got married. And I think when you don't have any physical expression, really, you have to get very, very good at communicating. But I will tell you that it hasn't been... I mean, as well as we communicated then, there's been so many core things that we've been learning, even in the past couple of years that has helped us communicate with each other better. And I think a lot of that's just stemmed out of being a parent and trying to figure out how to communicate with yeah. your kids. <laughs> it's just a whole other ball game. So then it makes you reevaluate how you communicate with the other person. And I'll say this, I know we're, we're focused on marriage, but that tends to interact with family as well. And our learning to communicate with each other we didn't realize this, but it was, it was the homework that was preparing us to communicate with our teenagers yeah. because when one of them comes downstairs and is acting a certain way or, or responding a certain way, Keely looks at me and says, will, will you address your clone yeah. because you know how to speak his language <laughs> or for that matter, her, her knowing how to communicate with me better helps her communicate with the ones that are more my communication style and whatnot. And, right. you know, we've, we've got three different kids. And so we've got blends of, and mixes of communication styles. And there's times where literally I have to look at one of my kids and go, is he being me right now? Or is he being Keely right now? How do I need to address <laughs> that? And so that's, that's so been true. neat to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's pretty powerful when you're able to understand, you know, not only your partners, but even in this case, your kids communication style in order yeah. to relate to them. Because I think so many times, at least for us, if we're able to understand how we communicate and like, okay, Eric's really passionate, he's really intense. 
So whether he's angry or excited, it can sound the same. And just try, you know, Kate <laughs> kind of trying to me. decode that, right? Yeah, like I'm the same that too. Would, and that would be totally you. be yeah, me. That would be you. And that's what we say all the time. You know, Kate. You know, sometimes she's like, "Okay, you're really passionate, but it's very intense." And and I'm not <laughs> angry. Very... I'm just happy. And yeah. so yeah. I think that's to Kate getting used to to understand how I communicate. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely, I agree. And I love that you you pulled family in that because it is such a huge part yeah. of our lives as couples and getting those skills and understanding how you can implement them, not only in your relationship, but in all aspects of your life. One very practical application to this is that, um, so I'm the youngest and I have four older brothers and I just watched their teenage years be very, very hard on my parents. And I can tell you that when your teenagers and your kids are going through a lot or doing a lot of things, it absolutely affects your sex life mm. because mm -hmm. it affects your marriage. It affects your ability to, to relate. Like you, if your kids are acting out, you're going to fight more as a couple than if everything's good. And the more you fight, the more it affects your relationship and your sex life and everything else. So, and that, that can be a lot of different reasons too. Like there's times where Keely and I, because of our personality differences, the way we handle conflict and relationships and things, we approach the kids differently. So sometimes mm -hmm. when, like she said, there's an issue with one of the kids, there can be friction between us because we're trying to handle it differently. But even mm -hmm. if we're handling it the same, even like if we're lockstep, we hundred percent agree about this standard and how we're going to implement it. Just that added tension in the home, you know, tension in the home is tension in the bedroom. Yeah. It mm -hmm. just, it, it, translates. And even when, even when you purposefully proactively try to not make it so you can't help it. It's, it's there true. in your brain. It's affecting how you're, how you're perceiving the whole world. So. Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned that because it kind of segues into what we'd love to talk to you guys about. And lately we've been talking to a lot of couples and it's happened to us as well a few times in our relationships where in our relationship <laughs> where we've Your gone relationship through... with him, his relationship with you. It's it's the exactly. two relationships. Plural. Yeah. Yeah, we're with you. We got you. <laughs> Perfect. Um, where we hit dry spells, right? So that's yeah. a term that we often hear um, when couples are going through things uh, either together or like you mentioned, you know, the kids are going through things and it's creating a lot of tension in the home or whatever may be happening in your life, but you're not having sex. You're not getting intimate. The connection is kind of gone. So we'd love to talk about that. Yeah. And I think if we were to really kind of frame this up and tee it up, a lot of people that are in these spells, their marriages are good. Like mm -hmm. things are good. Their partnerships are great. They're, they're deeply in love. I guess over time, what happens is it feels like there's this missing ingredient of that sexual intimacy. And probably what we'd love to hear from you is number one, what happened? Like, how do couples fall into that? How do they sometimes mm -hmm. end up forgetting about that sexual connection, what's happening in those moments. And really what's the great balance of communication and action to take in order to lead your partner back into that sexual intimacy. And probably even more important, not in a way that's needy or gross, right? Like it's yeah. kind of what we say all the time, but where I'm trying to manipulate and convince Kate for us to have sex because right. I want it and I'm too afraid to ask for it. I would say that for us, maybe the one of the big triggers is just busyness. Oh is yeah. That, yeah. But I was going to say that seems to be like a big thing for couples. It's yeah. just getting very busy yeah. and like multiple days can go by and you don't even realize it because time just seems to speed up as you get older. And you always hear that when you're younger, but like, it's so true. Yeah. And we talk about on the blog, the question of frequency comes up a lot and we've just decided that there's not a number 
that you mm-hmm. can just say, this is a healthy number. It, it has to be per couple. Right. Right. Um, but we know what our healthy number is, what our healthy frequency level is. And there's sort of this mental calculator always running in the back of both of our minds um, for the last several years where it's like, you know, <laughs> it's been a little longer than usual. And every now and then one of us will just sort of say that to the other one out loud, just as a, as a quick check-in, like, you know, we're, we're a little off right now. Right. And it's not a, it's not even a criticism. It, it's just more of a statement of fact. So I, I would say that knowing you guys said you call it a dry spell. What is that for, for your marriage, for your relationship? What does it mean when it's a dry spell and not just, ah, it's been a couple of days or it's been, you know, mm-hmm. like it's been a little longer than normal. Like what does a dry spell look like? And so being aware of that for, like I said, for us, we'll, we'll just get to those points where you'll go the times when I know I'm super stressed out and super busy is when the calculator stops running mm-hmm. is when I go, ah, oh, I don't know. Has it been a while? I, I, I haven't even noticed. That, okay. All right. Pump the brakes. We got uh, something has to change here because if, if I'm just not even clocking it, I'm not even thinking about it, then we, we need to have a conversation. We need to figure some things out. Yeah. And I think we, what we've realized is that, you know, as you're talking, if you don't pump the brakes and you continue to go down that path, we understand the patterns. Like we know where Mm -hmm. this leads. We know that it's going to be disconnection. It's going to be that much harder to get in. You know, we always compare it like going to the gym, the longer yeah. the dry spell gets, the harder it becomes to re-engage, to reignite the passion. And, and then you get all the stupid roadblocks of, oh, it's been so long and and I haven't said anything. So if I say something now, is it going to be weird or is it going to be, you know, like, yes. yeah, Keely has no idea what I'm talking I about. I have by the way. no <laughs> frame of reference. Keely has never felt awkward about saying anything ever. That's uh, not true. Bro- <laughs> you've, never, you've never felt awkward broaching a subject and, no. and saying, if, we should if discuss we haven't this. had a sex in a while or whatever. And so many couples, I think they dance around the issue and I don't know how great my advice is, but I'm like, just talk to them about it. For the more introverted, less confrontational one in the relationship, I will say that it is awesome when the more confrontational person says, Hey, because Let's do this. I mean, you have no idea. Well, whatever it is, what bring up, whatever the topic is, because if I've been sitting there going, this is a problem. And now I'm in the spiral of it's been so long that if I bring it up, it's weird. So what do you do? You wait longer, which makes it weirder, which means you wait long. And, and if you will have the mercy to just pull my head up out of the water that I'm drowning myself in and say, let's talk about this. Yeah. I have no issue whatsoever. Like if I start even sensing. So one thing that I think a couple can understand if they're in a dry spell is if you were like, agitated with each other for like no real reason. So you say, okay, the people are actually generally healthy and everything else. But when you find yourself getting to into spats, like a couple times a day over who knows what you should be like, is this maybe one thing that rom-coms get right? Yeah, it is is actually true. The sexual tension that just leads to bickering over stupid things (laughs) because, you know, it's just, it's just there in the background buzzing in both heads. It's so true. And I don't even know, like, you don't even like make that connection, but it's like the same way when you're like getting hangry and you don't even know, like you are like biting everyone's heads off (laughs) Yes, yes, and you don't even know you're hungry. But then you eat and you're like, oh "Oh my my gosh, gosh. (laughs) we're going to brainstorm what the sex deprived version of hangry is. Cause I just realized <laughs> this is a thing without a word. It is absolutely exactly, true. Exactly. Listeners yeah. check the show notes. If we've come up it's with like, something, we'll let you know. Totally. I think it's like a horngry or something. <laughs> it's like you're horny, but you're not getting it. It's, there you go. Yeah, we don't right. have to talk about it. We just came up with but, it. Because I would love to pick your brain. <laughs> we'll you, because I, I think as we're, as you're talking about it, right. It's very easy for us to say, like, just talk about it. But I think oftentimes 
you know, it's clear that you're leading in that space, you're leading in your marriage and, and it, it can be very challenging. And that's something we experience. You know, I am often the person who's challenging, who's pushing, who's, who's not afraid of conflict. And I think Kate is a little more reserved in that sense of like, mm. okay, like this is going to rock the boat. Like this is uncomfortable. Let's try to shy away from this. But I guess, you know, my question for you, Keely, is how do you find a way to do that that's healthy? Like what's going through your mind when you approach this and there's a difference between being, hey, this is healthy, but also, oh, I just need to like poke the bear here and get what I want. Well, you know, I think that's tough. You have to know your spouse and you have to know like when is a good time to approach them. So I I really struggled with this when we first got married because Austin needed time, like, and he needed the right time for me to address things, but I'm very, like, I don't. So I just like, oh, this is on my mind. I'm going to talk if about it. If you have it. a problem with Keely, you can take her to her at any time. Any She's time of the it. day. But like, so, you come to me and I'm like, just sipping my first cup of coffee. I'm not ready yeah. for a deep conversation yet. I know? had to really, and I mean, I like get up and I go. So first thing <laughs> in the morning is like when things have been on my mind and I don't sleep well. So a lot of stuff is on my mind all throughout the night, you know, and I'm just <laughs> mulling it over when it's the only quiet time of the day. So morning times, you know, we're not a great time. Um, right before bed, rouse up the whole situation. Like you just have to, first of all, know when is a good time to broach it. And if you don't really see that in the day, then you have to schedule it. Oh, there's there's times where she's come to me at the wrong time and to said, say, we, have we to need to talk something. later. I'm not ready for it right this second, but I, I'll get my head space ready that I know the, right. the next time you come to me. So, so it helps. is, I think that is very important to, if you are the person who it doesn't matter to you about confrontation, it doesn't bother you. It doesn't make you feel uncomfortable. You don't feel weird, but the other person does, then you have to give them the time to be mentally prepared. I mean, you're a strong headed person, right? You don't have to dance around the subject. You can be very open, like, Hey, I'm going to take you out to dinner and uh, we're going to talk about these things. If it's not dinner appropriate topics that you can't really just have out in the restaurant, then you say, we're going to go sit in the car when we get done with this and we're going to have that discussion or whatever. I would tell you that I don't put that much thought into how to address issues with Austin or other people. But when they have like a bad reaction, then it makes me go, oh, wait, hold on. I got to figure this out. <laughs> I didn't do that right. <laughs> I'm really bad so, with this with everyone. Yeah. I 100% relate to you, Keely. And, and I think Kate probably relates more to you, Austin, where yeah. Kate is more like, figure out the right way to do this, get all the information, yeah. figure it all out. Yep. Oh, that and is not me. I know, right? Yeah. yeah and out. I... I would sound much more like you, Keely, where I'm like, hey, the only way to figure this out is to throw it out there and get feedback. Yeah. And because yeah. I'm that way, because I'm <laughs> and I'm so thoughtful when it comes to everything that comes out of my mouth, because everything is so planned, I expect others to give me that same amount of respect. But the problem is because it takes me so long to plan my message and it's it becomes exhausting yep. that I'm just like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I'll just go ever, another week without sex. Do you ever have your, your spouse or whoever... <laughs> Um, come to you about something or, or they, they, ju they just say something and it completely hits you the wrong way. You oh, react yeah. poorly and they look shocked they're and they're like, like, I said this one thing and you assume that they've thought it out. They've yeah. thought through the implications. They've thought about your feelings and how you'll respond and have therefore catered the message to elicit the response they were looking for. Well, I was going to say, this was, is kind of at the core of what we're talking about, right? In, mm -hmm. in terms of like, yeah. Hey, there's two different partners here. We both have different communication styles. We both have a different idea of how things need to be approached. How do you know? Because you were kind of touching base on that, Geely, like you need to know your partner. 
well, how do you know that you're making choices that are healthy for the marriage? You know, that are healthy for your relationship and your connection instead of like, this is what I want. So I got to go in guns blazing and tell him what he's doing wrong so he can provide that for me. This is healthy for our marriage. And I want to challenge us to continue to grow together. So first of all, I don't think that anyone is wrong. So I'm not talking about scripturally and biblically and sin. I'm just talking about, I don't personally think that the way he approaches life is wrong, even though it's a hundred percent different than the way I do life. Mm -hmm. I think it's different. And Mm -hmm. so I don't personally have that hang up because I don't look at what he wants out of the relationship or the way he handles conflict or the way he needs to do this or the way I do it to be wrong. It makes me think, okay, what does he need? And what can I do to help get there? If you think that because you and your spouse don't come at things the same way, that one of you is right and one of you is wrong, Mm -hmm. then you will never resolve anything. But if you just come at it and say, we're different and we just, and I didn't even know to the extent of different that we were. I would say that earlier in our marriage, uh, a lot of our conflicts were us fighting, probably more me, about, uh, about the other person being wrong. When yeah, so you're definitely they more weren't like that. wrong, it was different and that's okay. But a lot of our conflict early on was over that beginning to understand a lot more about myself and my communication style and my mindset and my personality types made me realize that's why I handle X, Y, and Z this way. Mm-hmm. And she handles it a different way. There's a million people just like me and there's a million people just like her. So it's not right or wrong. It's just some people are this way and some people are this way. And that's fine. And so if you begin to approach whatever it is within the marriage from that standpoint, combined with our core idea is be a team. You are in a marriage and a family, you're a team. You're on the same side fighting against problems. You're not fighting mm-hmm. against each other. Right. Then you can, you can begin to address things. You can begin to grow. And I think as we sort of crystallize that in the first couple of years of our marriage, that's when our intimacy at every level began to take right. off. I love that. And what would you say is a good amount of balance when it comes to talking about it versus putting action towards getting out of that dry spell? So we've talked about initiating the conversation, but how much conversation is needed versus how much action is needed in your opinion? We, We have some other core values like flirting and marriage is a big, big deal for us. I tend to do that by nature anyway. I, I tend to be the one. And that, I don't. Yeah. So I have to be very intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm super practical. I just naturally flirt with her all the time <laughs> and she's had to make an intentional effort to yeah. do that. But we believe that that is very important in marriage because it, it keeps things going. You know, the stereotype is you get married and romance dies. Sex doesn't happen. He never takes me out anymore. We never even flirt. And that's nonsense. It hasn't been our experience. And maybe we're rare or something. I don't know. Well, but I, we've, we've been really intentional about we it. We have been very intentional about it. But we've known lots of couples where that has not held up. Whatever else happens, I want to be 80 years old, still like chasing her through the hall and right. you know, make it, making her giggle and stuff. Um, <laughs> that's what we try to do. And I think that flirting is a good gateway. You're talking about action to to try and break out of the the dry spell. If your plan to break out of the dry spell is to go brush your teeth, you know, put on your pajamas or whatever and uh, crawl into the bed. And then right before somebody turns off the light, be like, Hey, (laughs) bad plan. Because it's probably, especially if you're in a dry spell and you haven't had any conversation about it, you don't know why you're in a dry spell. Why not begin 
beforehand, you know, initiate beforehand, whether it's, you know, just walking up behind them and giving them a hug while they're doing the dishes or whatever, or send a text message or, or a wink or, you know, blow a kid, you know, just those kinds of things to just sort of like prime the pump and be like, Hey, you remember how we like each other? Um, <laughs> I, I honestly, I think flirting to some extent, that's what flirting is, is like, Hey, don't forget. I love you. Right. Like, don't forget. I like you. And I, I'm pretty sure you like me. Oh, you winked back. Okay, good. Um, and maybe take it a little bit further, you know, when the context, the place, the presence of the children is in, you're in the right spot, go flirting a little bit harder, you know, start getting a little bit more physical and things like that and let it build because sometimes like you were talking about with the gym, I've definitely experienced that. You, you, you don't go to the gym one week. And so you forget to go to the next week. And then the third week you're like, Oh man, I'm always so sore afterwards. But man, when you find six weeks later, you finally go back and you hit those first couple of reps. You're like, this is why I like this because your body remembers the positive benefits there. Right. And sometimes you literally just have to like remind your body, prime the pump, get the physical responses going and moving. And sometimes not always, uh, but sometimes it's like a snowball rolling downhill. You start out with a little flirt in the morning before you go off to work or whatever. And then you come home or maybe you're texting throughout the day. And then you come home and you say, Hey, why don't we have dinner with the candles or, you know, just little things and it's building and it's building and it's building. And then all of a sudden when you reach out and you put, you know, put your hand on the small of their back and things are going to progress. Mm -hmm. yeah. There definitely is that awkwardness. How do I bring it up? Okay. Now we've brought it up. Okay. Now I'm going to touch him for the first time, maybe intentionally in like a few weeks. So there is that like weird awkwardness. You kind of have to get over and yeah. take that risk and take that first step. Somebody has to take and it. So especially if the reason that the, the dry spell is there is because of some sort of conflict or friction, mm. there can be that sort of awkwardness of there's this gap, there's this barrier and distance between us. And so just the act of reaching out and touching can feel weird depending on mm -hmm. how, again, depending well, on how you handle conflict. This is why we always recommend you always kiss your spouse goodbye and yes. good night and everything. So I have given I, her some angry kisses. My parents always kissed each other. Hello and goodbye and all this stuff. And I just remember one of my brothers like often fighting with his wife but it was so modeled for us to do this that even if they had been bickering, he would go to leave and he would kiss her goodbye. It, it really had a lot of impact on me because I thought it doesn't matter what's going on, always have that physical connection every single day. Yeah. And it does make it easier to go into more than that. And I love the, the idea of playfulness and flirting because I think oftentimes yeah. when we think about a dry spell and okay, how do I go from being in a dry spell to having more sexual connection? We always think of, I got to have this big conversation or I have to initiate at this moment. And we often forget that there's so many ways you can build up throughout the day in order to reignite sexual intimacy that has yeah. nothing to do with the act of sex. That has nothing to do with the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Something I, I, I just thought of it, you know, like we tell our teenagers, like, don't get yourself in a bad situation or so you won't end up in a worse situation. You know, like don't go park somewhere in the dark and get in the back seat if you don't want things to go where you, well, Hey, guess what? Now that you're married and it's fine. I don't know, maybe go park somewhere in the dark and just like see what happens. Like <laughs> all the of the things that we, yeah, yeah, all of the things that we trained ourselves not to do during that time. Do it. Yeah. Do like it there's now. a reason that we said, don't do it. It's like you were just mentioning those, mm. as those things build up, you build that momentum. Whereas we used to have to say, don't build up the momentum because then you, then you got to stop a runaway train. 
we're trying to get the train to run away. So I think that the moral of this story is, is instead of avoiding situations that lead to sex, put yourself continually in, in, in positions em. that lead to sex, whatever yep. that looks like mm-hmm. in your marriage. And everyone has something different. Maybe that's showering together or going to bed naked, or I don't know, whatever that thing is for your marriage. So yeah. I, I definitely want to respect your time. Just kind of as we're, as we're wrapping up, I guess the, the one last question that we'd love to ask is let's say you, right, Austin and Keely, both of you, you're in one of these spells and you really want to reignite the passion. What is the one thing that you would do, each of you, in order to make everything else easier and to start reconnect? Our answers are going to be very different. Okay, so I have to tell you guys, I am a sexual responder. I don't typically like just generally get aroused unless something's actually happening. And a lot of things have to be happening for me to even get to that point. So... Mm talking about it, dancing around all this stuff. This is not helpful to me. If I think this morning I go, you know, we haven't had sex in however many days, um, babe, let's have sex tonight. And that is pretty much what happens. And then if I didn't do it in the morning after dinner, I'm like, all right, it's time to have sex. You want to go have sex? You know, like I am like, I just decide I'm going to do it. And I do it. I don't have a whole, whole lot of lead up. When we've had dry spells, what brings us out is one or the other. Yeah, of us, actually, that is more you, you now. What brings us out of it is one of us says, "Hey, it's been a while. How hey, about let's tonight?" Have sex. And let's it's do it. again one of the things that we talk about on our blog all the time is putting sex on the calendar. It doesn't seem romantic. Pop culture would say that's wrong. It's not spontaneous. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Put it on the calendar, and one of the and one it'll happen, and two one of the benefits is you look forward to something. We want, our, we want our audience to listen in on your podcast. We want them to connect with you. What's the best place for our audience to find you? All right. So they can go to lovehoopadventure.com. And if you want to stay up with our like recent news, our latest podcast, all of the most exclusive content is in our newsletter. So if you go to lovehoopadventure.com slash newsletter, every week, whenever I get anonymous questions, I answer them there. Sometimes those things end up on the blog or my YouTube channel, but a lot of times it just ends up right there in the newsletters. It's been an absolute pleasure, guys. We had so much fun with you guys on the podcast, so we really appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for having us on. So that's it for us today. Thank you for being here and spending time with us. We know your time is valuable. You can support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. For daily updates, you can check us out on Instagram at evolved underscore marriage. We also have our private Evolve Marriage Couples community on Facebook. If you and your spouse want to join other amazing couples continuously looking to grow in a way that's fun and connecting, you can join us there to get some support and share what's going on for you guys. We're looking forward to connecting with you next week. So until then, bye. Bye.